0: There were two more murders, fifteen miles away. They arrived by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird murder. There are many different types of criminals. Not all of them end up murderers. On August 1st, 1936, a man was born who would start out as a simple burglar and become not just a murderer, but a man who kidnaps and holds a teenage heiress ransom. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Donald Nielsen was born on August 1, 1936, in Yorkshire, England, with the last name Nappy, a name he despised and would later change after relentless bullying in both his childhood and young adult life. When he was just 10 years old, his 33-year-old mother died of breast cancer. Setting off a domino effect that soon turned him from a happy child to a convicted criminal. The year after his mother died, he was caught shoplifting, but, due to his age and circumstances, was let off with a warning. He married twenty-year-old Irene Taint when he was just 18 years old, and she persuaded him to leave the army where he was serving as a national serviceman. The couple had a daughter in 1960. Now, Donald seemed like a family man by day, but once the sun would set, He became known as Black Panther, The Phantom, and Handy Andy. You see, Donald Nielsen became a professional at burglarizing homes. He committed over 400 home break-ins, completely undetected. Every couple weeks, to keep police guessing, he would change his M.O., and any time a pattern was established, he would switch it up. These petty crimes did not yield much of a profit, so, beginning in 1971... Donald upped his game and changed up his pattern by targeting small post offices. Between 1971 and 1974, he committed 18 such break-ins and became progressively more violent as he went. Eventually, this violence evolved by 1974 into murder when he shot to death two sub-postmasters, Donald Skepper in Harrogate, Derek Aston in Baxenden, and Sidney Grayland in Langley, husband of sub-postmistress Margaret Grayland, who survived but was brutally beaten. Over the years, witnesses were able to give descriptions of their assailant, but they were found to be either inaccurate or completely unhelpful in his capture. The only person to describe Donald Nielsen with extreme accuracy was Margaret Grayland. But what no one knew was that for the past three years while committing these post office break-ins and occasional murder, Donald Nielsen had begun a bigger and much more dangerous plan. One day, while reading the news, he came across a story of the Whittle family. George Whittle, noted coach transport business owner, had passed away and left everything to his mistress and their children, Ronald and Leslie. And the dispute over his fortune made them Donald's next target. He spent three years planning how to get this fortune and landed on kidnapping Dorothy Whittle, the mistress. He broke into their home on January 14, 1975, and, quite by accident, happened upon 17-year-old Leslie first. So he gagged the girl and took her out of the home wearing only her dressing gown and slippers. He bound her and drove to Bathpool Park in Staffordshire, where he forced her down into a drainage shaft. Once inside, he placed a hood over her head, stripped her of the little clothing she had on, and tethered her to the side of the shaft by a wire noose with only a mattress and sleeping bag. The following morning, Dorothy discovered her daughter was missing and found a ransom note punched out on a six-foot strip of Dymo tape, in which he demanded £50,000. The police were called and a massive investigation began. At its height, it involved over 250 officers from multiple police forces and Scotland Yard. But a series of police bungles, including one involved with the ransom drop, delayed the investigation, effectively destroying her chances of a safe return. That failed ransom drop happened on January 17, 1975, and a week later it was discovered that, on the same night as the drop-off, A car had been left near a railway terminal in Dudley, where security guard Gerald Smith had been shot in the back six times. Inside of the car was a cassette tape with Leslie Whittle's voice, asking for her family to cooperate with her kidnapper. Also inside of the car were her slippers and a roll of plastic tape. By this time, ballistic evidence and fingerprints left on the cartridges linked the shootings of Gerald Smith with the post office robbers and Black Panther murders. Police were now fairly confident that these were all the same man, yet they still had not ID'd him. The police were, by March, led to one of the ventilation shafts near Bathpool Park, and while searching the third one, found a vertical ladder leading all the way to the bottom. At 22 feet down, they found a broken police flashlight from their previous search, 45 feet down a cassette tape recorder, 54 feet a rolled up sleeping bag and foam mattress, and finally, Hovering seven inches from the bottom of the shaft, Leslie's body was found hanging from her steel noose. Now, it's important to note here that determining Leslie's manner of death would prove difficult. While it's no secret that the noose killed her, there are arguments for how she got there. Some believe that she fell from the landing where she was being held and that the shock from the fall stopped her heart. Others believe she died instantly from either Donald pushing her or a failed escape attempt and some believe Donald was not even present when she died. At the time of her death, she weighed only 98 pounds and was found to be extremely emaciated. One thing is clear, though. If it weren't for Donald Nielsen, she would not have been down there to begin with. Now a wanted man, Donald attempted to stay out of the public view. But in December of 1975, two police officers were parked on the side of the road when they spotted a suspicious man attempting to avert his face from their gaze. They called him over, completely as a matter of routine, and attempted to start up a conversation with the unknown man. He then pulled out a shotgun and ordered one of the officers into the back of the car while he got into the passenger seat and demanded the driver head to Rainworth, six miles away. Due to some quick-thinking and deliberate reckless driving, the driver stopped the car while the other ran towards a fish-and-chip shop asking for help. Two male patrons ran from the line outside and helped the officers to overpower Donald Nielsen. The Black Panther was finally captured. While in custody, Donald gave a 18-page statement about the crimes he committed. In July of 1976, he was convicted of the kidnapping and murder of Leslie Whittle and given a life sentence. Three weeks later, he was convicted of the murder of the Postmasters and given an additional five life terms. And to add salt to the wounds, he got an extra 21 years for kidnapping, 10 for blackmailing Miss Whittle, and three more 10-year sentences for the burglaries. In short, there was no way Donald Nielsen would ever see life outside of a prison cell. Irene Nielsen, his wife, also received a 12-month sentence after she burned viable evidence that connected him to the post office burglaries and trying to cash over 80 stolen postal orders. On December 17, 2001, Donald Nielsen was taken from Norwich Prison to a hospital with breathing difficulty. The following day, he was pronounced dead. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on August 2nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember stay safe. Thank you for listening to morning cup of murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short,